Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler. Ethan Barry here with you this week. No Madison Bell, but we do have Andrew Schnitker from the Technician, sports editor. Andrew, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Ethan. It is great to be back in the beautiful West Dunn building here on NC State's campus. Thanks for having me in tonight. Absolutely. And uh, we had you on earlier in our f- our first episode. It was a couple couple weeks into the season, but our first episode of The Howler. And uh, I'm pretty sure we were at about the halfway point at that point. I can't remember exactly which it game was, that was. It was before Louisville, I think. It was like yeah, I think it was you're the right. The last game they had played was Syracuse. It was going into the Louisville game, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, things have changed. Um, yeah, a few things have happened in the <laughs> interim there. Yeah. Um, we'll get to what happened with uh, Dave Doran in Tennessee, but first I just want to get your overall thoughts on the season, not any specific game, just on the season. State won eight games, six in the ACC. I mean, was the season a success? Yeah, I mean, look, you're com- you're coming into the year – thinking kind of what I said coming into this year was if they go eight and four, you're satisfied. For the most part, I think that's true. I mean, six ACC wins, that's your best ACC season since I think 1994. Eight wins is the most in the regular season under Doran. I mean, yes, of course it's a successful season. No one here is going to be quote-unquote disappointed at eight and four. But, you know, I had Joe Giglio of the news – formerly of the NC State beat for the News and Observer on my podcast last week, and he said something I kind of agree with it. NC State kind of left a little bit on the table this yep. year. I think you should have beaten South Carolina and Wake Forest. Those are two games the pack. Really, if you look at the stats, dominated a couple key mistakes that come away with losses and really had a chance to beat the number one team in the country in Clemson yep. to give themselves a shot at going to the ACC title game. So really – I do think it was a good season for the pack, but once again, I think it's kind of could have been more what could have been. There's still some element of that there, but of course, it's a step forward. It's a step in the right direction. I just think maybe not quite as much as we were hoping for and not quite as much as this team could have done. Yeah, I mean, if you look at NC State's history, you say six ACC wins, you know, eight wins with a chance for nine. That's pretty good. You know, that's one of your better seasons, probably in the top three, top five seasons. But if you look at the schedule and look how things played out, you're kind of disappointed. Not a terrible season. South Carolina turned out a lot better than people expected. And uh, I think it was Debo Samuel got hurt in the third or fourth game of the season, and he was their best player. So they probably win a game or two more if he's still playing. And, I mean, I'd be willing to bet if he hadn't played against State, State would have won that game. I think uh, there's at least a player to definitely up 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 play maybe kind of early on in that game from him that kind of uh, affected how <laughs> well, things turned out. Well, he had a long out. touchdown too. I want to yeah. say. No, Debo Samuel is a great player, and I think definitely impacts South Carolina. His loss impacts them. Right. And like I said, on paper, it's not you know losing to that South Carolina team isn't looking at a horrible loss. It's when you look at the game and look at. State doubled them up in yardage, gave up a kickoff return, the opening kickoff for a touchdown, fumbled it twice, which South Carolina cashes in both for turnovers or for points. 
Now, part of that is, you know, the fumble for Ryan Finley. You're playing with, you know, true freshmen in your, the first game of the season on the offensive line because you've got guys hurt and suspended in that game. But definitely, you know, a little more of that lack of execution than it seems like for at least a couple years now in these big games has kind of plagued yeah. this team. And, I mean, talk about that game, the Wake Forest game. There's no bad losses on the schedule. Wake Forest was a good team, and uh, they should have been an eight-win team. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to Duke. But, I mean, Wake Forest was a good team. Notre Dame, obviously, and, and Clemson. But here's my thing about Notre Dame. The Notre Dame team that State played is not the same Notre Dame team that Miami played. When Notre Dame was at the top of their game, which they were against NC State, that was one of the – I think they were better than Clemson when State played them. When State played Clemson, like we split, we played Notre Dame and Clemson back to back. Notre Dame was the better team to me. Of course, they didn't play that way the rest of the year. But I mean, that's just kind of that's pretty unfortunate for State that you got that version of Notre Dame instead of the version that Miami got. You know? Yeah, definitely. Now watching both of those games. Notre Dame definitely coming out of that two-game set impressed me more. I mean, just the way they were able to run the ball against, at the time going into that game, what was a top-ten run defense in the country yeah. uh, kind of slid down a little bit as the year went along. But, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to Notre Dame. And, um, unfortunately, the Notre Dame has in different ways really been hurting NC State yep. ever since they played them. Yep. And, and Notre Dame – completely screwed over NC State season, pretty much. I mean, between... Oh, absolutely. Between beating them, Naheem Hines gets injured in that yep. game. He's not full strength against Clemson. That's probably a different game if he plays... State wins that game if Naheem Hines is at full strength. I t so I talked after the Carolina game to Corey Smith of Pack Pride. He's been on our podcast. I yep. believe he's been on yours as well. Yep. State goes 10-2 and if... Naheem Hines is 100% healthy all season, and if you don't have Naheem Hines at all, State goes five and seven. You lose to uh, I don't know that State goes five and seven, but Louisville, Pitt, Carolina, Naheem Hines. State, I think State would win the Louisville game without him. Pitt, okay. nah, maybe they're down 14 nothing to Pitt at halftime. If you do, if you're without Naheem Hines, you're definitely right. He's I mean he was the most important player this year. But, um, you know, bottom line is it was a good season. It wasn't a great season, but you've been building. And, you know, this can now we can kind of transition into talking about Doran. But if you ask me, State was State belonged on the field with every single team they played this year, and they were better than I'd say all but two teams. And I want to say four years ago, State was basically fielding a Juco roster. In uh, Dave Doran's first year. Oh, you mean the year when State went oh and eight, and, oh and eight in the oh, ACC. Oh, it was not eight in the ACC. Three and nine overall losses to every single major team they could have played in this state with losses to Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, and East Carolina. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't a great year. So my point is, you know, we'll start talking about Doran now. The number one argument for Dave Doran is. You went from 0 and 8 to 6 and 2 in 4 years in the toughest division in the country. You've oh. seen two Heisman winners come through, two national champions. I mean, 
and then you've got Boston College, who's an annual bowl team. I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment, having a six-win improvement over a four-year span. Oh, definitely. I think that what Dave's been able to do with building this program up has been great. You know, everybody wants, oh, the ACC championship, you know, more wins. Look, it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. It doesn't happen in five years. They A lot of people say you need two full recruiting classes to get up there. Two full cycles. Two full cycles, yes. Yeah. Dave's had one. You saw what the team did with this one. You've got a good recruiting class coming in next year. You've got a really Ricky good Persons, one. Devin Leary, Aline McNeil. You just got Peyton Wilson away from yeah. Carolina. This is why you bring Dave in. He can develop players. He can build. When you look at Virginia Tech, Frank Beamer. Now, I'm not comparing Dave Doran to Frank Beamer yet, but Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech, I was looking at this. It took him seven years to win nine games there. Mm -hmm. Seven. Dave, Dave won might, eight in his second season, just for good measure. Dave might win nine this year. Right. So – I think that definitely extending Dave, having that patience with him, and now giving him this time to build with another recruiting class, giving him that extension, giving him a raise to keep him from leaving from for a Tennessee or something like that, definitely that's the right move in my opinion for NC State. Yeah, I don't think anybody's arguing that extending Dave Dorn is the wrong move. And look, I get that some people aren't happy with 8-4 and four, like they thought this was a once-in-a-decade once every two decades type of team. And it really wasn't, um, if you ask me. But um, you look, if in five years you're still eight and four, nine and three, even nine and – I mean, I don't even know about nine and three, but if you're still eight and four, five and three in the ACC, you still haven't gotten over them, then you're having a different discussion. But from five years, you've gone from absolutely nothing. Like State was one of the worst teams in the country five years ago when Doran came in. And now you look at it, State was in the top 15 this year. You're one, maybe two plays away from being in the ACC championship game. You're one, maybe two plays away from 10-2, and 11-1 and one season. I mean, you got to give the man another chance. And um, we'll see what he does with it. Oh, absolutely. You Again, like, like we said, two recruiting cycles. Look at what he did with building the Bradley Chubb, Contavious Street, Jalen – You've got another talented group of four-star recruits coming in. Yep. And you know, Dave, I mean, Dave's ability to, maybe Dave's ability to get NC State onto that next level, you know, ACC championship isn't proven yet. What is proven to me is Dave Doran's ability to develop football players. When yep. you look at a Bradley Chubb, a Jalen Samuels, Contavious Street, Steph Lewis, Kelvin Harmon, who, by the way, has two years left. Yeah, maybe, maybe one. one. <laughs> yeah, maybe one. We'll see. But, I mean, Brad, look, NC State has a kid that came in under Doran as a freshman, played all four years, was just named the best player in the country. And he was a linebacker his first year. The best player in the country at an entire facet of the game of football. Bradley Chubb winning the Bronco Nagurski Award as the nation's top defensive player. Yep. Look, these are talented kids, but you have to be able to develop them. And right now, it's, it certainly looks like Dave can do that, and I'm excited to see what he can do with another group of talented recruits coming in. And, you know, I could talk about recruiting all day. I won't, but when you bring in kids like Bradley Chubb, Jalen Samuels, those B.J. Hill, those guys were not highly recruited out of high school. Now you're beating out schools like 
Chapel Hill, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State for guys like Olympic McNeil, Peyton Wilson. Well, you're Ricky Person could have gone to any school in the country. Same with Peyton Wilson. Now you're giving Dave and the Thunder Dan those guys. I mean, you're going to get better results. I mean, all due respect to Bradley Chubb, B.J. Hill, those guys. But if they can do what they if they can do with this group, what they did with that group, this team's going to be a 10 or 11 win team. Oh, definitely. And you're looking again. Finally, you look at this group. I mean, Ricky Ricky Persons, Devin Leary, Aleem McNeil, Peyton Wilson. These are local North Carolina kids. I mean, yep. for years you're looking well, at – Well, Devin Leary's from New Jersey. Uh, well, three of them are, yeah. are North Carolina kids. And for years you were looking at basically all the top recruits in the state of North Carolina going out of state. Peyton Wilson's the number three recruit in the state. I mean, you look at it. If there's going to be a destination in North Carolina this is it. for top recruits, this is it. Nobody's going to Carolina for football, especially not right now. Sorry. Duke – Nobody's going there for football. No. It's, well, it's basketball in with academics. It's harder for right. Wake Forest. Wake probably. Forest is picking it up a little bit. Picking up. But once again, the academics. Yes. And then ECU. <laughs> they yeah. lost their last game by, I think, was it 57 Yeah, they're, they're not good. Yeah. So you're right. NC State's a destination school. And like I said, this recruiting class is the best one that Doran signed. It could potentially get better in the next couple weeks. Um, we'll see what happens there, but next year's class could turn out to be even better than this year's class. This year's class, I'm pretty sure, is 23rd in the uh, 247.com rankings. So we'll see what happens. And look, there might be a drop-off next year. You might win six games, might win seven, but you're building it up again. Like, there's obviously going to be some drop-off. I will say that if Finley comes back, I don't think there will be a drop-off. But if Finley leaves, there's going to be a drop-off. And uh, If Finley leaves, I think next year is one where you're happy with making a bowl. Yep, I, absolutely. If Finley comes back, you look at the schedule for next year, which is a little bit easier than this yep. year's schedule. I don't think I there's any it, reason they, can w- they can't win eight games again next year. I said year. it before. If uh, Finley comes back, State will be ba- right back where they were this year, playing Clemson for the Atlantic Division. That's my early prediction. And Debbie Yao said, he has said all along, I brought Dave Doran in here to make NC State a top 25 football program. And NC State finished the year in the college football playoff, which is the number one ranking group, top 25. He made NC State a top 25 football team. Now the key is to stay there. You go eight and four, you eight and four again, because eventually you can keep doing that, keep getting there, putting yourself in a position, you're going to have a year where you beat South Carolina and Wake Forest. You're going to have a year where you beat Clemson. It's going to happen. Yeah, and if you keep building, if you keep winning games, the recruiting classes get even better. That's how you get, like, that's how you uh, close the gap on Clemson. But, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, uh, Finley coming back. I personally don't think Finley will come back. I don't think he should come back. A couple other guys to keep an eye on, Will Richardson, uh, Darian Roseboro. Neither of those guys will have as big of a plus or minus, I guess, impact on the win total as Finley. But I'll tell you what, if Will Richardson and Ryan Finley come back, NC State will have one of the five best offenses in the country. Agree, definitely. Will Richardson, I mean, you look, for most of the season, did NC, you saw what this offensive line was without him for the first two games and yep. he was suspended. And... 
Then he comes back for a good chunk of the season, didn't even allow a QB hurry. Now, he's got to stay out of trouble off the yep. field because if one more incident happens with him, you're probably looking at a situation where he has to be off the team. I mean, And I think, I think that's part of the reason why he needs to go pro or why he will go pro, I should say. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you just can't risk that, you know? And you look at a situation with a talent and guy like Shadrach Thornton who did that and ended up yeah. getting kicked. Where is he now? CFL? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Shadrach would have made the NFL no. either way, but if you've got an opportunity to go to the NFL, and who knows, maybe the scouts will tell R Will Richardson, hey, go back, have another good year, stay out of trouble, and we'll, we'll want you. Um, maybe they say that, and uh, State will be better off that way. Either way, I'm excited to see what's behind these guys. State's had the same defense f more or less for three years. Some guys have come and gone, but it's been the same guys at the heart of the defense. Jared Fernandez, Arius Moore, Bradley Chubb, B.J. Hill, Justin Jones, Kentavia Street, Mike Stevens, Sean Boone. I mean, those guys have been – they've been NC State's defense for two or three years, and they've been a good defense, you know? They have. But um, – I'm excited to see what's behind them. And I think NC State will – I think NC State can improve. I don't think – I mean, a lot of people expected this to be a top-10 defense in the country, and they weren't. They weren't really that close. So I'd like to see what's behind them. You know, we saw what those guys could do, and they weren't always there when State needed them. They were good, don't get me wrong. But it's, to me, it seemed like they weren't as clutch as State needed them to be. I mean, what are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree with that. But, I mean, you you do look at this defense. There are pieces coming back. Hopefully you have Roseboro coming back. Right. I think your hope with that is he looks at what Chubb did at what Chubb did and what you can do in one year to raise your NFL draft profile. I think a full year with a lot more reps for Roseboro. Well, the difference between Roseboro and Chubb is Rose Chubb was a second or third round pick last year and turn himself into a first-round pick. I don't know what the NFL guys will tell Roseboro, but I can't imagine he's more than a fourth- or fifth-round pick right now. Yeah, I would agree, and he could maybe turn himself into, like, maybe a second-round yeah. pick next year. You have him. You'll have Ernest Bryant. You've got Aleem McNeil, who's a four-star defensive tackle yeah. coming in. Shug Tyrone Riley. Tyrone Riley. Shug Frazier might mix James in there Smith a little Williams. bit. Yeah. And then in the linebacking group, obviously you've got Peyton Wilson coming in. You can't, you know, you don't know what to expect from a freshman, but certainly a talented kid. Jermaine Pratt will be back. I think we can all remember uh, watching him throw Lamar Jackson through the uprights. <laughs> State will need the, they're going to need the safeties and the corners to take another step. You're going to lose yeah. Mike Stevens. You're going to lose Jonathan Olsen. Neither of those were that great. I mean, I think every time you looked at Jonathan Olsen, he was giving up a long touchdown. Everything. Mike Stevens was always getting flagged yeah, for everyth something. Everything and Mike Stevens touched turned to pass interference. <laughs> and some and sometimes, I don't want to say most of the times, sometimes it was not pass interference, no. to be fair. Um, I, I remember that holding call on uh, against Chapel Hill when Dexter Wright intercepted the pass and they called a holding on Mike Stevens. It was not holding. And uh, – that's like what Chapel Dave Hill said after on that the next game. What, yeah. what is pass interference? Yeah. And that wasn't even pass interference. That was holding. You see it in the NFL, too. I mean, there's just no. Yeah, nobody knows. And I'll, I will say this. State played with a completely different rule book than their opponents did when it comes to pass interference, especially in the Notre Dame and Clemson games. Yeah. But Because here's my thing. State's receiving core is so good. Why is pass interference never called against them? 
But anyway, we won't we won't get into that. But um, I mean, my whole thing with the defense is Bradley Chubb is irreplaceable. There's no replacing that. Maybe you replace him. You don't. Well, I shouldn't say maybe you replace him. Maybe you find somebody who's as good in the next decade or two. Um, there's just. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You lose a guy like that. You know, he's a great player. He's an NC State legend. But other than Chubb, who are you saying, all right, we can't get better here? I liked B.J. Hill and I liked Justin Jones. And they were good players. And I don't think NC State will replace them easily. But other than that. Contavious Street's a pretty good pass rusher. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at his sack numbers and his hurries. They weren't really there. But um, basically my point is, besides Chubb, who are you saying, all right, we're really going to miss this guy? Do you think there is one of those? On the defensive side of the yeah. ball? I think Arius Moore is a pretty good linebacker. I think Sean Boone is a Yeah, you'll miss Sean Boone. In the backfield. Sean Boone in coverage is not as good as Sean Boone in run. Now, there's a guy or two defense. on the offensive side of the ball we can yeah. talk about that you're really going to yeah, miss. Yeah, that's a completely different yeah. story. But I don't know. I just – I'm kind of – I don't know if excited is the word – is the right word, but interested, definitely. Intrigued, yeah, it's definitely. To see what they can yeah. do. I mean, you've heard, like, these guys have been sitting on the bench for a year, two years, and they've been in the weight room. Like, NC State's not going to have a huge drop-off next year. You know, you expected to have Finley for three years. You may not, so you might have a drop-off there. It all, Yeah, it just all depends on what NFL scouts c- tell him, what the quarterback picture looks I mean, when you look at the NFL draft, do you see Ryan Finley going in the top four quarterbacks? No. Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. I would Rosen. take Finley over I would take Finley over Lamar. NFL teams won't. Uh maybe. Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield. Definitely. JT Barrett? No. No, definitely not JT Barrett. Right. There's a there's another one from Wyoming. I can't remember his name. Yeah, you're right. Sam Darnold? He's not going to th- I thought he I heard he was staying at, I thought he was oh, staying at maybe. USC. I'm not sure. He Either did not way, have a very good year. if Finley's a first round pick, he's got to go. If he's a second or third round pick, I think he's got to go. We'll see what happens. But I definitely don't. I mean, look, the I say the NFL is stupid when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh yeah, and you really you only need one you only need one guy to like you. Yeah. And what well, could be a situation? I mean, like last year, going into the draft. Finley could kind of be one of those guys that suddenly everyone is talking about like a week before the draft and then goes like, last week or last year coming out of the very end of the season, who was talking about Patrick Mahomes? Nobody. And then you go all of a sudden a week from the draft, he talked up it. and talked up and talked up, and all of a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs are trading into the top ten of the draft to take him. Completely unbiased on Completely your part. unbiased. But – you could you I mean you could see a similar situation where Finley wows somebody going into the draft in and an interview or something. Yes, I mean he's not going to run a four four forty or bench a bunch of times, but he's a smart dude. Yeah, well, yeah, and he is, and he can read coverages. He can throw. Yep. I believe uh, it was Steve Logan on ninety nine nine the fan. I believe his exact words were, "If you play press coverage against Ryan Finley, he will pick you like a chicken." So. He he is a very smart player. He's a good kid. He's well spoken. I, I I definitely could see that scenario where he where an NFL team sits down for an interview with Ryan Finley and is like, "This is the guy we want in our locker room." Yep. But it's you're probably looking at a team that is kind of looking for that quarterback of the future because I don't think Ryan Finley is going to step in 
right now in yeah. play, but who maybe I don't know. I think he'd be an upgrade over a handful of teams right now. I really do. Yeah. But maybe I don't know, maybe you're even looking at a situation where Finley becomes the uh heir apparent to uh, another aging former NC State quarterback Phillip in Philip Rivers. Yeah. I mean that's a possibility. You know the Cleveland Browns have <laughs> are in the hunt for a quarterback every single year. Uh New York Giants. Yep. Eli a- Manning. Uh unless you can tell me you think Geno Smith is your answer. It's gotta be somebody. There's gotta be another team or two that. I don't know. I think he'll go. I really do. That's my gut. My gut feeling is Ryan Finley goes to the NFL draft. Yeah, and. Uh, but, but you look, know, if he comes back, Naheem Hines, Calvin Harmon, Jacoby Myers, Steph Lewis, Ryan Finley. Well, even if if Finley does, you know who NC State likes a lot and has looked really good in practice, good athletic, is Matt McKay. Yeah, I. I, I've heard that, too. I think he won Offensive Scout Player of the Year or something. I'd be interested to see what NC State does next year at quarterback if he does leave because you've got Devin Leary coming in as a true freshman. You've got Jalen McClendon who will be a redshirt senior. I'm on the record as wanting to do what Notre Dame did. You lose the quarterback to the NFL and completely change your um, – your offense? Yeah. yeah, your offense. And you just turned into a read option team. Just run read option all day long. But the thing, my thing with that is how much are you taking that group, that talented group of wide receivers out of That's the game? That's part of the problem. I think you're better off running that with Matt McKay, running more of a hybrid read option. You could still throw it up to those guys. Then you are running it with Jalen McClendon because yeah. you're, not, you're not throwing the ball if Jalen McClendon is in the game. Well, the problem with playing McKay is if you, if you think McKay is going to play – where does that leave McClendon? Is, does he transfer? Then yeah. you don't have a backup quarterback. Yeah, because then you can't redshirt Leary. Yeah. So that's part of the issue. My thing is, here's my thing about the quarterback position next year, assuming Finley is gone. If Jalen McClendon plays, I, w- I want to see seven, eight wins. If if you want to go with McKay or Leary, then I'm all right with just six wins. Make Let's make a bowl. Yeah. You know, that's my feeling. Let's go to the Belk Bowl. Call yeah. it good. Like. I mean, maybe not even the Belk Bowl, any bowl. If you're going to say, hey, let's just let our freshman go out there and see what he can do, you know, learn trial by fire, so they say, I'm all right with that. You know, just give me six wins, and uh, we'll call it good. But if you're going to go with Jalen McClendon, then I'd like to see a little more. But um, I guess we'll see what happens. So any other any other thoughts on Doran? I mean, I, I – I'm thrilled that he's back. The coaching staff, the assistants should be back. Um, he's hired a great staff. Oh, yeah. And I really I, – I think Doran is the answer. I think it's crazy that 53, 54 weeks ago, he was he was just about gone. Yeah. And, uh, well, and one of the big things, too, I think that was part of that deal is $175,000 a year, a pool to give raises to your assistants. Yeah. Next, my next move, if I'm Dave Dorn in NC State, is to give Dwayne Ledford a raise, offensive oh, line yeah. coach. He's done a phenomenal a job check. with these guys. I mean, really, that that was the offensive. People talked about the defensive line coming. The offensive line was the best group by far for NC State Not on the, the field this year. Offensive line. Yeah. And I think Ledford has a big part in that. And you're going to need to find a couple more bodies and develop, you know, some new chemistry for a new group. You're going to lose Tony Adams to the draft. You might lose Will Richardson, so 
I think well, we've got Skullthorpe ready to step in. Josh Fed Jackson played well against Chapel Hill. State will be fine. Yeah, um, and that, but a lot of that is led you because you you know you saw the old defensive line coach leave for the New Orleans Saints. You yeah. need you need to keep Dwayne Ledford in Raleigh. Well, if the NFL comes calling, there's well, not yeah. a whole lot you can do. Right, that's true. But um, a raise it, would help. Yeah, it sure would. It'll at least it should at least keep the bigger programs, the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world, away. But we'll see. I guess we should talk a little bit about what happened last week and the whole thing with Tennessee, because that was wild. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I don't know how close Dave was ever to actually. You don't think so? Leaving. I can't remember the exact timeline, but I want to say the two days before he rejected it. I can't remember exactly what day it was. Two days before he rejected it, his name started to get thrown around a little bit. Like you'd heard that, like, oh, you know, Tennessee's looking at Dave Dorn. I was like, oh, of course they are. You know, they got to look at everybody. Tennessee was looking at, I think, like, every, yeah, yeah, every coach. At least 69 coaches. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, um,. And I was like, ah, you know, nah, not really. And then as time went on, I think they had to deal with the Purdue coach. That fell through. And then there was a little period of time. The night before Dave signed his extension, there was a little period of time where it was like. See, that's where I started to get nervous. Yeah. And then there was the whole Ole Miss thing, which, for the record, is completely false. Yes, Joe Joe, Joe Giglio did report that those – the report I, is Dave. Dave I did shouldn't not, say it was completely false. I didn't believe it. Dave I did not. Si- there was a report that Dave did not sign it on the dotted line at Ole Miss. That's not true. Yeah, that's not true. And I don't really think he came that close to taking the job. I'm sure that his agent was talking to Ole Miss, and USA Today talked to his agent, who was like, "Yeah, you know, he was going to be the coach," which I don't think was true. But um, and there was the whole thing about canceling recruiting visits, which also wasn't true because they were on recruiting visits the next day. But, um, and then the next day came, and they had a deal with the Purdue coach that fell through. And then as night went on, they said Doran was the next candidate. And I was like, really? And then it was just silence for the rest of the day and into the morning. And I started to get worried about, I think it was Tuesday, or mm, Tuesday night, maybe. Wednesday night. One of the nights. Whatever night it was. It was Wednesday night, and then Dave signed on Thursday. Right. Okay, so Wednesday night. I was starting to get a little nervous because that's when we found out that they had actually offered him the job. Yeah. I never thought that Tennessee would offer him the job, and then they did. I don't think Tennessee did either. I think they kept going down and down their list. I mean, that that whole situation is just a dumpster fire. It's funny. Wow. But, but hey, they offered him $4.5 million, and I can't get upset at a guy for wanting to take that money. But he I really can't. He didn't take it. He didn't. He wanted to stay here. He yeah. stayed here for half a for a million and a half dollars a year less, which is not an insignificant amount. No, and he. I don't think Dave would have been successful at Tennessee on their timeline. I think if you give Dave six, seven years at Tennessee, he'd he'd have the best team in the SEC East. But they East. they don't they don't want that. I think I think State is in a good situation. Yep, it's a perfect situation for Dave Dorn because five years. If Debbie Yao is not retiring after next year, I think maybe there is a little more heat on Dave Doran after this season. Not that not that there should be, but given that she's retiring, what what is she gonna in a year, what is she gonna say about an eight and four season? Like and then Dave gets another year to start developing that new recruiting class before the new A D comes in. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, he's a Midwest guy. I do think that at some point, a better job, Dave is going to leave for a better job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it, NC State is not one of the best jobs in the country. It's really not. And uh, maybe he turns it into one, and maybe he stays, and maybe he's your Frank Beamer, like you said. But he's a Midwest guy. I think at some point he'll go out to the Midwest, but I don't think that that will be soon. Um I, think I mean, we'll see. Hey, I want him to be here for as – I mean, right now I want him to be here for as long as he wants to be. At this point, I'd say I think you're going to get the chance to see another year like this one where coming in you've got all these – your recruiting class and all of a sudden you've got all these seniors and you're looking at what you can do with a year like that. Right. I think at the least you're going to see another year like that before we have to have this conversation again. Yeah. I mean, like I said, in four or five years, if you're still looking at seven, eight wins, no ACC championship game – then, then there's right, some then we can ta talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, look, like I said, four years he went from a JUCO roster, two years to two years outplaying the best team in the country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy winning the games. And to be honest, State should have won those games, and they didn't win, and it wasn't his fault. It really wasn't. So we'll see what happens. Um Another thing you talk about the recruiting class, you got a kicker coming in. So you go from a below average kicking game where it's a huge weakness to even just next year, even if it's just average. Hopefully. Hopefully. You got to see it. I mean, ki kicking's voodoo. You got to see it in action before you, you know see what's going to happen. Yeah. You got to see it in a game. Kicking is, is all mental. You can have a Yep. Kyle Bambard physically, athletically, great kicker. Is not a bad kicker. No, he's a great kicker. It's all it's between the yep. ears. You you miss a kick, you miss the Clemson kick. I mean, you've got to yep. be you've got to have the mental toughness. And no, I'm not I'm not saying that Kyle Bambard is not mentally tough because the he is the stuff that he had to put up with after that game. Yeah, I mean there was he was offered police escorts to class after that game because he was getting so many death threats. Yeah, but it it is something that kind of sticks in your mind and weighs on you, and I do really think that that's what happened with this kicking game here. And I Carson Wise Carson Wise is he also a talented kick kicker. And that was it. Here's the thing. Carson Wise, yeah, he was a good kicker. He made some kicks. He was playing D2 ball. Yeah. You come up and you're playing the ACC, you're playing against Power 5 opponents. Again, with the mental and the pressure, whole different ball game. Yeah. And I think people complain about Dorr not doing anything about the kicking game, but he did. He brought in a grad transfer two years in a row and Carson Wise, not a great kicker, but he wasn't the first choice. So it's not like Dorn was like, oh, yeah, we'll go get this D2 guy. Like, he was the second or third choice. But, like I said, should be an upgrade next year. And um, could be the difference between winning and losing a game, as we saw against Clemson. Before we move on from football, from football, we know some of the guys coming back. Give me a guy, either a, a guy who registered this year we haven't seen a lot. Maybe a guy or two guys who you think could have a, a breakout year for NC State either this year or next as they see more playing time. The guy, one guy I really like a lot in that receiver group, you know, he has unfortunately one of the biggest, you know, bad moments of the season, but it's Emeka Amizi. Yeah. That's a talented kid. He has the fumble that you just got to feel so bad for him against yeah. Wake Forest. But I think, I think that's a very talented receiver. I think you're going to see more of him. Hey, before we move on from Amezi, 
if Kelvin Harmon comes back for his senior year, and it's a big if. And then you've got Jacoby Myers on, on the slot and Emeka Emezi on the outside. That will be the best receiving core NC State has ever had. Oh, for sure. Hands With down. With a senior, senior, junior, and then C.J. Riley coming off the bench. That's your best receiving core. Anyway, you got another guy? Yeah, I think at the safety position, I think Jarius Moorhead yeah. came up with a couple big plays this year. He recovered that fumble against Florida State. I think that's a guy that, as his development continues, you're going to see kind of help. He played a lot this year, too. Strengthen that NC State backfield a little bit. Yeah. But with Sean Boone leaving, he's going to play more, and you're going to see right. – I think you're, you're going to see that potential that he has. Yeah, I, I like Jarius Moorhead a lot. A guy I like is uh, Aaron Collins, who's a running back who redshirted. Um, I think he was unfortunately suspended this year. Not unfortunately, but he was suspended this year. Um, he's a running back, like I said. Uh, Solomon practice, actually, had a chance to go watch practice, and he looked really good. Um, so that's my guy. Not sure how much he'll play next year, especially when you got Ricky Person coming in. But in two years, I think Ricky Person and Aaron Collins is going to be your backfield. Guy on defense that I like is Nick McLeod. Not really sure why he didn't play more this year. Every time the ball got thrown in his direction, he was there. Sometimes they made the catch, but he was always there. And, um, you know, I think he's going to have a big year next year as one of State's corners. <laughs> anything else on football? Not unless you got anything. Yeah, I, d I don't think so. Now we can talk a little bit about basketball. Not a whole lot, but... Uh, Getting towards the end of the non-conference season here, just general thoughts so far? I like the way this team plays a lot. I think the full-court press, the way they can force turnovers and score off of them, the way Kevin Keats wants them to play, the way that, you know, watching an NC State basketball team actually play defense, <laughs> Pretty it's cool. fun. It's fun to watch. I like it. It's a good group. Omir Yurtsevin the past couple of weeks has really impressed me. I think this might be under Keats where you see him recognize that potential that he had when NC State first went out and got him. Obviously, there's some growing. You know, you get the big win over Arizona. As Who it doesn't turns turn out. out to be they're not actually that good. Right. Then you drop those games to UNI and Tennessee, which – Not bad losses. Not bad losses. Tennessee has been very good. And yeah. UNI is, seems like, always to me, yep, almost always. always a tournament team. So, I, I think there's gro room for growth for sure, but I like what I see so far. Obviously, ACC play a different animal, but I think you've got an NC State team with the potential to put itself in that position where it's on the bubble for the NCAA yeah. tournament. And if you can get a couple big wins in the ACC or have a decent run in the ACC tournament, maybe for the first time since, well, it, it was two years ago. Yeah, State made it to... With Trevor Lacey and Ralston Turner and... Are you talking about in the ACC tournament? And making the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that, yeah. They've missed it two years in a row. But, yeah, I, I agree. I do think it's fun. You went 2-2 two and two in the big games. I think the disappointing thing for me is the schedule is just terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, you you look at KenPalm.com. Go look at the bottom of those rankings. There's a whole bunch of teams that stay displayed down there. And uh, that's not going to help your schedule. But... It is what it is, and you went 2-2 two and two in those games against good teams, and that was the most important part to me. You had to go 2-2 two and two 
And they beat Arizona. And hey, look, Arizona doesn't look great right now. They dropped out of the top twenty-five. Come March, that's going to be a good. Yep. That's going to be a good win. Exactly. Come March, that's going to be a top ten, top fifteen team. And um, Tennessee, Northern Iowa, those aren't bad losses. You would have liked to have one of them, maybe both of them. Well, especially if you could have beaten Northern Iowa, and played, even if you lost, played Villanova in the yeah. championship game. That's a top five game that that, add, boosted, that boosts your, up yep. your schedule a little bit. That's really the most disappointing thing. It's not that you lost, it's that you couldn't get to play Villanova. But um, I agree with you. I think this team will be on the bubble. Um, it'll honestly probably come down to matchups in the ACC tournament and if State's able to win one, win two instead of just one or something. But uh, You're probably – I think – it's likely one of those situations where you're going into – I mean – It's not even – there's no second place. Like Duke is like the best team right now. Duke's always had trouble with NC State, particularly at PNC Arena. That ain't going to happen this year. No, it's not. Not. I thought coming into the year, hey, Duke always struggles early, takes yeah. a while to get going. Now I've watched them play. State is not beating that team. If State loses to Duke by 12, you're happy with that game. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I agree with you. Uh, bubble team, we'll see what happens. I just said we'll see what happens a lot, so I guess we'll see what happens. I guess we will see what happens. So, <laughs> my I my gut right now coming into the season, I thought State would be a tournament. State would be a bubble team on the right side. Right now, I've kind of flipped. I don't think State has enough shooting. Right now, they're definitely an NIT tournament team. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, I don't know that State has enough shooting, and you shoot so many threes. Like that's the system. You shoot so many threes. State doesn't have enough quality shooters, I think. But um, hey, it you don't. There's not. There's not a Scott Wood or a Ralston Turner in no. there who is just going to or even train an Maverick Rowan. Every, well, let's not put those three in the same conversation. But who's just no, going to saying, drain every shot they even take? Even if you have if you have Maverick Rowan on this team, I think it's a tournament team. Mm. No, I think I think Kevin Keats told Maverick Rowan to leave. I do. I I don't think that Maverick. Uh, I don't I, think I heard something differently than that. But uh, that's just I I've heard nothing for the record. That's just yeah. be bad. But uh, Maverick Rowan just does not strike me as a Kevin Keats basketball player. He strikes you as absolutely a Mark Gottfried player, though. Uh, he was. He strikes me as Mark Gottfried's adopted child. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. State's gonna win the rest of their non-conference games by twenty-five each. So. uh at least, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, hey, you're well on your way to having a successful first season. Nobody, Nobody's expecting you to make the tournament. If you do, that's just awesome. But, um, you know, look, you've seen, you've seen what he can do. He doesn't have his guys yet, but you've seen what he can do, and you can see that it's going to be successful once you get more athleticism and more shooting in the well, system. When you talk about recruiting, I mean, look at the – Recruiting yep. class State's got coming in for basketball next year. It's and you've got seven new players coming in next year. So next year next year is year one. This is year zero for me because you've got so much turnover next year. Yeah, this year there's so many leftovers from the Gottfried era. It's just yeah. kind of Keats doing what he can with the group he's got, which yeah. if that happens to me make the NCAA tournament, great. But If not, no worries. Yeah. You know, it would be great to make it, but if not um, – Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna freak out. No, yeah. But uh, well, it's NC State. Somebody's gonna freak yeah, out, but sure. they're not gonna be justified. Yeah. So I, I think next year will be the real telltale sign when those are his guys. 
They'll be a little young, but uh, we'll see what that team can do. Anything else on basketball or anything else you want to touch on? I think we're good. Let them know where you can find your podcast. Oh, yes, the uh, Technician Sports Podcast, First in Tech. We tweet it out from our account every week, but if you go to the Technician website and you go under the Multimedia tab, Podcast, and go to the First in Tech page, all of our episodes are there, just with links. You can click and listen to the episodes individually if you want, or there are also links at the top of the page to subscribe on Google Play or iTunes. We usually have great guests every week, so you no don't have to Joe just Chilly. listen to us talk. Once we play Carolina in basketball, we'll bring <laughs> we'll bring Joe back on there. But so definitely uh, something I would recommend if you guys want to listen to and subscribe to our show as well. Definitely be sure to check that out. That's going to do it for us tonight. That's also going to do it for us for this semester. So we will be back in January. We will uh, be well into basketball season. Probably three or four ACC games in, honestly. So um, lots going to happen between now and then. Quick before we go, bowl game prediction. State, Arizona State. Who you got? Um, I think State wins. I'm going to go NC State. 30, Arizona State, 17. Yeah, I think State will win by two or three touchdowns going away. Quick yes or no question, will Bradley Chubb play in the bowl game? No. Why Should Bradley Chubb play in the bowl game? No. Yeah, okay, I agree. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to check us out next January. Next January. January, I guess. I don't even need to see next January. Um, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thank you for listening to The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.